Lord, hymn Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your long-suffering, Lord God. We ask you to bless this day. We thank you for this day. We ask you to bless this congregation. Bless our preacher today as he preaches and bring the Holy Spirit in this room and help us do business with you, Father. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And we continue in praise. We'd love for you to join us in singing hymn 314. Hymn 314. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Hymn 314. Hymn 314.
Amen. Well, if you would stand with me and take your hymnals and turn to hymn number 365. Hymn number 365, Are You Washed in the Blood? Hymn number 365, Brother Yul, you come lead us at this time.
If you would come forward, we'd like to welcome you to Central Park Baptist Church. If it is your first time, you're a first-time visitor here at Central Park, if you would raise your hand, we'd like to hand you a visitor card. And if you would fill that out, and after the service, uh, Brother Marco will be at uh, the desk out there, and right behind the desk it says welcome. And if you would hand him that visitor card, we'd like to give you a gift and welcome you to Central Park this morning. And we're so glad you were here uh, today. Once again, uh, you're stuck with the B team, so again, that's why that's why Brother Devito's up here. But uh, but if you would bear with us today, and uh, and as we make these adjustments, Brother Marco, you come. Amen. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. Now it's time for our offering. Amen. Uh, we are the B team, and we're here to do our best for Jesus, kind of like a substitute, you know, uh, substitute teachers when it's sub. When I was a kid, the substitute teachers came in. Oh, man. I had a blast. Amen. I expect you to behave. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer for our offering. And if you have an offering, then come and bring it. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege that you've given us to give back to you what you've given to us. You don't take it away from us. You ask us to give it. It's called tithes and offerings. I thank you for the way that you bless a cheerful giver. I'm thankful that you have trusted us to give our tithes and offerings. Now bless this uh, time. Bless the offering. May the funds go far to meet the needs of this church as we reach out to our community. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, come give it right now. Church, the Korean ministry 
for Korean Church. Children fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. And those of us who are fifth grade and older, <laughs> we ask you to join us in singing hymn 502, hymn 502. But you're going to have to stand up because we have to stand up for Jesus. Amen. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Can't sing this song. Sing down. Stand up for Jesus. Hymn 502.
Thank you, Brother Will. Wonderful, beautiful. Amen. I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for coming. I know that you got the uh, B team here today, but I'm going to try to do my best to make you feel comfortable here uh, in every way I can. Take your Bible this morning. I'm sorry. (laughs) Amen. I love church. Don't you love church? It's just a family getting together and having a wonderful time around the Word of God. And there's no better place in the world to be than in church. Take your Bible this morning, if you would, please, and open up to Colossians chapter 4. 
And uh, if you found Colossians chapter 4, it's in the New Testament, just those for those who don't know. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse number 9. If you'd stand in reverence and respect to the Word of God, as we read out of Colossians chapter 4, and verse number 9. And I'm hearing an echo. Is that because of the monitors, or is that because my mouth is so large? It's okay, I understand. I just... I, I preach from the diaphragm. I could preach outside under a tent, and I have many, many times, and so I learned to speak from the diaphragm so I can get really loud. Is that better? Does that sound okay to you all? All right. Verse number nine. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. We have a very interesting man here in verse number 9. His name's Onesimus. There's very little said about him in Scripture. Yet it is amazing what God did with this man, Onesimus. And I want today, I just want to learn from this subject, Onesimus. See what we can learn. Father, thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill this place with your power. I ask that you'd hide me behind the pulpit and let your people see Jesus. Not hear me, not hear a man, not a man's thoughts, not a man's ideas, but your word. Then I ask that you go from seat to seat, from person to person, from heart to heart, and you'd open our hearts and our minds to this scripture, the things that we'll learn from the word of God today, and that you'd help us to apply them to our lives. And as your word says, let us hear with ears of the Spirit. So help us, guide us, and direct us during this service this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. While you're being seated, I'm going to ask that you turn over to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon. If you go to the book of Hebrews and back up just a page, that's the whole book of Philemon. It's such a large book, there's only verses and no chapters. Amen. It's just one chapter long. We're not going to read the whole thing, though we could and wouldn't cost us much in the way of time. But I want you to look with me. Let's go ahead and start with verse number four. We're going to find out what the Bible teaches us. This is about everything we're going to know about Onesimus is right here, okay, in the book of Philemon. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee. Being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, my own bow whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he may have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing. 
that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he, therefore, departed for a season, that thou should receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, especially by me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If thou count me, therefore, as a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say unto thee how thou owest me, even thine own self besides. Yet thy brother, let me have joy in thee and in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto you, unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. Here is about everything we're going to learn from Scripture about Onesimus. It's a tremendous story in reality. A few details are given to us in Scripture, yet it paints a beautiful picture of a marvelous life. He had once been a servant of the godly Philemon, but he had run away, apparently, after stealing money or possessions or valuables from his owner. He fled Rome and or fled to Rome, where God brought him in contact with Paul. And when they heard, and when he got in contact with Paul, Paul gave him the gospel, and he received Christ as his savior. This man had once been a thief and a runaway slave and did not allow that to define his future. I'm going to say that one more time. That's a real important statement, all right? This man was once a thief and a runaway slave, yet he did not allow that to define his life or his future. Instead, he went back to Philemon to make things right with him and then did what God placed before him. What an amazing story this ends up to be. So I want to help you understand this as we look to it. So I'm going to, what can we learn from Onesimus? Number one, you never know where life's path is going to take you. You never know where life's path is going to take you. Paul was a prisoner in Rome. He never thought he'd see Onesimus in Rome, let alone in the prison. Here he comes, a slave of a Christian friend, Philemon. They're in prison with Paul. I'm sure they never thought about running into each other. I'm sure Onesimus didn't say, well, if I go to Rome and they arrest me, maybe I'll get to see Paul. I don't think that happened, amen. He's running for dear life. He wants what he thinks is freedom in the world. But what he really is going to find is freedom in Christ Jesus. And that is much greater than any freedom the world could ever give to you and I. Philemon chapter 1, or there's only one chapter, verses 15 and 16 say this, For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou should receive him forever. So he, Paul is looking back at Philemon, and he's telling him his opinion of what happened. He left you, he stole from you, he ran away from you, but maybe God did that for a reason. 
See, we often don't give God credit for what he does on purpose because we don't like it. That's a true statement. Amen. We want to be in control. We'll get to that in a few moments. He was a thief. He was a runaway. But when he got there, things changed. Verse 16, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a beloved brother. I would treat my brother different than I would treat a servant. Now, I may abuse my brother more than I abuse a servant, but I treat my brother different than a servant. He's my brother. And Paul's looking at Philemon in this letter, and he's saying that is in the hand of Onesimus. This didn't come through the mail. Paul wrote this letter, handed it to Onesimus, and said, you go back to Philemon. And when you get there, give him this letter. So here he comes back to to Onesimus. Onesimus comes into Philemon's yard, let's say. He's not even to the door. I'm sure I can see Philemon standing outside and saying, what is he doing here? That thief? That liar? Run away? What are you doing here? I have something from from Paul for you. What? You saw Paul? Where did you see Paul at? In Rome. What was he doing in Rome? He was in prison where I was at, where I belonged, but Paul didn't. And he said, really? This is just Marco thought. So he opens up the paper, and he starts to read this letter. Paul has written, and he says, not as a servant, but above a servant. A brother beloved, especially to me. Paul is telling us how much Onesimus had changed his life. See, he's saying that Onesimus, he wasn't prosperous. He wasn't even profitable. He was nothing but a charge to you. But then Jesus Christ changed his life. By the way, that's what Jesus does. He changes our life. Life. Listen, if you would have known me, if my wife would have known me, what I was really like before I got saved, she would have never married me. And she shouldn't have. I was a wicked man. Now I'm just a wicked saved man. Amen. Amen. But it changed my life. Liar? Yes. Thief? Yes. Cheat? Yes. Disobedient? Yes. Mouthy? Still am. But God changed me. Man, I was an outright liberal. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about living and life. I was all for this free stuff that they were for in the 60s and 50s and hippie. And I wore big bell, big bell bottoms. When I got saved, I had bell bottoms on so big that they covered the high-heeled shoes I was wearing when I walked in. My, my pants were so loud, this big plaid pants, that when I walked in, you saw my legs walk in first before you ever saw the, from me walking in. My hair was down to my shoulders. I had gotten permanence. You had gotten permanently rid of yours. I had mine permanently curled for a little while. I was different. I was different. And Jesus saved me. And immediately, drug addict, I was. Alcoholic, I was. Partier, I was. Rich, I was. Poor, I am now. 
but had a wild life. I was wild. And the very day Jesus saved me, changed my life. I remember take, everybody who's ever been a drug addict knows that in your vehicle, you have a secret stash place where you stashed your stuff. You think no one's going to find it. When I got saved, I remember going home the night I got saved, driving down the expressway. I opened up my window. I'd opened up that stash place. I started pitching stuff out the window. All the paraphernalia so it would be all crushed by the trucks I was passing. So no one would ever use it again. To know me now and to think of what I was like are two different worlds. I remember one day I got a call from some friends of mine in high school. And they, were, they had asked me to get involved with something. And I said, oh, I can't do that now. I'm a preacher. And they said, you're a what? You, Doug Markle, a preacher? Come, is this some kind of con? But Jesus changed me. Because Jesus will change us when we become his. He then called me. Hey, Doug, come here. Yeah? I want you to be my servant. No way. There's no way I could ever serve God. I don't deserve that. That's the greatest privilege a human could ever have, to be a servant of the king. To serve the almighty God. To make what I do for you make a difference in the lives of others. I'm not worthy. But he said, that's, I want you. And I said, I warned you. I know what you're getting. He said, I do too. And that's what I want. You know, God doesn't really use the, those whom we think he would. Like the Saul's of this world. He uses David's of this world. And I wasn't like Paul, the apostle. He says he was the worst sinner. I'm sorry, I got him beat hands down. And he changed my life. And I want to say to you this morning, if God could change my life, he can change your life. If he could use me, he could use you. Listen, I am the bottom of the barrel. I'm the scrape of the crud off the bottom of the barrel. And God said, I want to use you. And I said, are you crazy? You don't want me. And he said, but I do. And he wants Onesimus too. Nobody would have figured that. Nobody would have thought that. Yet that's what he wanted. Because we don't always know what's going on, we have a tendency that when life is going in a direction that we don't care for it to go in, that we're going to take control over our life and make it do what we want. We think that we should be in control. So we use everything in our power and we do our very best in our own strength and our own power to make life go the way we think it should go. I am so glad that life is not gone the way I think it should go. I was making money hand over fist. I was having me a good time. I was in show business. Buddy, I don't sing, I don't dance, but I can tell a joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know either. Anyway, uh, see, and you laugh. And, and anyway, the, the truth is, is that you don't have to be all those things. You just have to be surrendered. And God will use you. 
See, we don't want to control our life. We really want God to control our life. The steps of a good man, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you're sinless. That doesn't mean you don't do anything wrong. Good night. I can't even wake up in the morning without doing something wrong. I don't know about you, but this has been going on for 45 years of my saved life, 66 years of my human life. Sometimes my dreams are all wrong, too. Anybody else have that problem? We just need to let God be in control. We think about all, think about with me just for a moment. All the things that had to happen in order for Onesimus to end up in the jail where Paul was at. Now, come on. How impossible or improbable is that really? Rome is a very small town of about 250 people, right? No, it's this big metropolis. How many prisons do you think they got? Plenty, because they got lots of criminals. Kind of like the United States has lots of criminals. Except we put them back on the streets and they actually locked them up. If you're going to lock them up, then you've got to have somewhere to put them. Look at all the things that had to go on. How, what, I don't know how Onesimus got there, but sooner or later he probably took a boat. Because that's how they traveled. And he probably rode a camel for a little while. And maybe Paul was still free at the time in which he was on his way. And then Paul gets arrested, put in jail for the preaching of the gospel. And then not long after, here comes Onesimus. Can you imagine the shock in both of them? Did Onesimus know who Paul was? Yes. Why? Because he was Philemon's uh, slave. And Philemon was a man that worked with Paul. He calls him his partner. Sometimes I think that we want to be in so much control that we won't allow God to do all the things that need to be done in our life to make everything line up to be exactly where God wants us to be at that specific time to have our life changed or a part of somebody else's life being changed. So we can learn from Onesimus that you never know where life's path is going to take you. Number two, always give out the gospel. Always give out the gospel. Paul gave the gospel to Onesimus. They're in prison. We need to always be giving out the gospel to others. Not just in church. Not just on Saturday morning for soul winning. Not just in Sunday morning or Sunday evening service. Or a Wednesday night service where we can get the gospel out. We ought to be giving the gospel out all the time. Uh, we, uh, uh, we had rain yesterday. But a couple of fellas went ahead and showed up. And so we went out and did some door knocking. And as we were out door knocking... A lady, elderly woman. Uh, now, this didn't happen to me. It happened to Brother, uh, uh, the guy back here. And uh, <laughs> Brother Big Nell. A lady was walking from her, from her front door to check her mail. Am I right? You know what she had in her hand? Gospel track. You know what he gives them? What, they, what she gives them? They're going to give her a gospel track, but she turns around and gives them a gospel track. Why? Because you should always be out giving out the gospel of Jesus Christ because we just don't know who's going to get it and whose life is going to be changed. Paul didn't look at Onesimus and say, listen, I know where you came from, you buzzard. I know what kind of bum you've been. You deserve to be in prison, and I hope you rot here. (laughs) Yet that's how a lot of folks are sometimes, aren't we? We don't want to get even with somebody. We want to get over even. We want to grind that thing down into them. But Paul didn't do that. He gave him the gospel. 
ladies and gentlemen, we ought to be giving out the gospel all the time. We just don't know when it's going to make a difference. We have people in this auditorium this morning that came to this church and some members that are here that joined this church simply because somebody put a track on their door. Wow, that's amazing. Yet that's how God works. We ought to be always giving out the gospel. We make excuses all the time about why we can't give out the gospel. We say things like this. I don't know what to say. What if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? I don't want to stop them from getting saved at another time because I did something wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one thing that's going to cause people to go to hell that should go to heaven. And that's us not giving them the gospel. You say, well, what if I make a mistake? You won't. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That is not your job. Your job is to, to just do whatever you can do. And let the Holy Spirit take it and use it to convince and convict that person that they need to be saved. Your job isn't to convince them. Your job isn't to convict them. Our job is to simply present the gospel message. You say, well, I'm not very good at it. Good. That's exactly the kind of person God's looking for. Someone that says, I can't do this, but Lord, can you help me? And he goes, oh, I got this. That's what I wanted. I wanted you to know you can't do this. This is spiritual work. This is God's work. I can't do God's work. As much as Nancy Pelosi thinks that the government does God's work, man can't do God's work. They can only be a tool in the hand of God. And that's why we ought to always be ready to give out the gospel, even if it's just a simple gospel track, like that lady yesterday. Going to her, who carries a track from their front door to check their mail? She did. And if they hadn't known the gospel, they would have received it. See, we ought to always be giving out the gospel. Number three, anyone can be saved. Anyone can be saved. Anyone can be saved. If Onesimus was a runaway, he apparently was a thief and a robber. He took valuables from his owner, yet he accepted Christ as Savior. Anybody can be saved. You don't have to be from a certain town or a certain village or of a certain ethnicity. I don't know what that means, but you don't have to be any of that. You just got to hear the gospel and accept what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart. Amen? All you have to do is let God save you. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't be good enough to go to heaven. Onesimus could have said, I'll tell you what, Paul, I'll go back to uh, Philemon and I'll apologize and I'll tell him that I'll be his slave for the rest of my life and then maybe I'll go to heaven when I die. Does not work that way. He needed to simply receive Christ as Savior because it's not works. It's not what I do. It's not what you do. It's not what you do for a religion. Listen, I've led people to Christ, and never one time did they even know I was a Baptist. Because it's not about being a Baptist. Not one time did they know I was a preacher. It wasn't about me, them knowing that I'm a preacher. It was about giving them the gospel message so they'd go from hell to heaven as a free gift that Jesus gives. It's not about what we have done. It's not about what we were or what we're doing now. 
It's simply about receiving Christ as Savior. So anybody can be saved. Your friends can be saved. Your enemies can be saved. Your co-workers can be saved. Your wife could get saved. Boy, wouldn't that be a banner day? Yeah. I mean, your wife could get saved. Your husband could get saved. Anybody could get saved. Your children could get saved. Listen, we need to just trust Christ and get the gospel to everyone so that everyone could receive the gospel message. No one can ever do anything bad enough to where Jesus will never love them again. Because it's not about us. We already did that. It's called sin. S-I-N. And we're all guilty. Maybe you didn't do the sin I've done, which is good. Congratulations. I'm glad that you didn't. But there are some sin that you've done I haven't done. That makes me better than you. No, it doesn't. It just means it's a different sin than I've done. Because we're all sinners. We all come short of the glory of God. Here's what Paul said in Philemon, verse 10 and 11. I beseech thee for my brother Onesimus, my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. So having received the gospel, as I said earlier, changed him. Then number four, God can use anyone. God can use anyone. God can save anybody, and God can use anyone. Listen, you know what your past is? It's your past. It's not your present. It follows you wherever you go. Don't let it catch you wherever you go. Because if you allow your past to control what you do in your future, you're the loser. If I let my past control me, I would have never been a pastor. I would have never been an evangelist. I would have never done the work of a missionary. There would be thousands and tens of thousands of people that would have never heard the gospel message. Oh, you say, but Brother Marco, somebody would have told them. No, that's what we don't understand. See, what we don't understand is that God gave you a job on purpose and nobody else has that job but you. And that he's sending you to wherever you need to go to give the gospel message out to everybody else. Because if you don't give it out, they're never going to get it. Because you're supposed to be busy about what you're supposed to do. Not about what I'm supposed to do. And if everybody was busy about what they were supposed to do, everybody would get covered. But there are a whole lot of people not being covered. Why? Because we don't realize God can use anyone. Paul didn't let his past sin get in his way. And we're going to find out in a few moments that Onesimus didn't let his past get in his way. Instead, the apostle returned Onesimus to Philemon to make things right. Paul sent along that letter. It's a beautiful picture of Christ taking our sins away. Paul told Philemon that anything Onesimus owed him, charge it to my account. That's what Paul said. If he owes thee anything, put that on my account. That's what God did with my sin and yours. He took all the sin off of Brother Ewell, and believe me, there's a boatload over here. Things that we have no idea over. You're his sister-in-law, you know. I see her nodding her head. And he took all that sin, and he put it upon Jesus Christ at the cross. 
and it's gone. It's, it's not waiting for us to rejoin it. It's paid. It's over. It's finished. And now God has something he can use, and that's you. Because it's over, and it's finished. I'm so glad that it's finished. I don't have to go every day and say, dear Lord, do you remember back in 1903 when I was 43 years old? I wasn't even a gleam in my mom and dad's eye in 1903, but I don't have to go back and say, Lord, you remember this? I'm sorry. Remember that? I'm sorry. Remember over here? He don't remember them. As far as the east is from, your, from the west, as far away as he's removed us from our sin. Amen. You know what? East and west never really come together. So me and my sin will never get together anymore either. As deep as, uh, the, in, in, as deep as in the deepest sea is my sin away from you and me. That sounded like a rhyme, but I didn't make that up. I, it's not a rhyme. I just thought of it. came out of my mouth at that moment. But as far as it, it cast our it's gone. Some of us get scuba gear. We get the mask on. We get the tank on. We jump back in, and we're hunting for, where did them sins go? Where did them sins go? But God says they're gone. You're not going to find them. But we try to remember them. God said, I don't want you to remember that. They're gone. So we see a beautiful picture that God can use anybody here with Onesimus. Number five, which is part of what I was just saying, don't live in your past. Always keep moving forward. Amen. Don't live in your past. Amen. Um, Oh, I just thought of something. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I think that's what it is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table be, uh, be, uh, before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy, not my past, not what I did wrong. Not the things I keep going back to. Not the things you've done wrong. Not your past. Not the things you keep going back to. They're gone. There's only one thing following me. There's only one thing following you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's not for a week. It's not for a month. Not till you blow it, because if you haven't blown it, you will. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, it'll be a repetitive problem, yeah. because we all blow it. But that's not what follows me. Goodness and mercy, that's what follows me. So move away from your past. Forget what was behind you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. I love this next words. Are you ready? 
always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what he says. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Keep going. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Keep on going. Well, but, but I messed up. Keep on going. But I said, keep on going. But you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. Keep on going. Keep on moving. Keep on going forward. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, leave that past in the past. Amen. Quit picking it up again and trying to put it behind you. But you only got one thing behind you or two things. Grace, mercy. They're following you, not your sin. Leave it alone. That's what we need to do. Why? Because it's gone. The number six, and we're done, believe it or not, never give up. Never give up. This is what I wanted to get to, the whole message. Are you ready? History tells us that the historical accounts of Onesimus it's not that he was just useful to Paul and Philemon. Onesimus was later referred to by Ignatius of Antioch as bishop or pastor of the church at Ephesus. He dedicated his life to the service of God. Who? A runaway slave. Who? A robber and a thief. Who? A prisoner that deserved to go to jail for what he had done wrong. But wait a minute. Did you know that the church at Ephesus was a great church? It was a great church. And the pastor was Onesimus. Wow. Never give up. You have no idea where God's really going to lead you. Never try to control what you're doing in your life. Let God be in control because you just don't know where he's going to lead you. Don't let your, 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 your past hold you back and tie you up so you can't go anywhere or do anything. Just give it to Jesus and let him handle it and you keep going forward. We have a world filled with you got to be happy, you got to be happy, you got to be happy, you got to be happy. Have you heard that? And we live in a day where more adults are unhappy than ever before in recorded history. Can I tell you why? Because they give up. My happiness isn't dependent on me. My joy and my happiness is depending on Jesus Christ. He's the one that takes care of all of that. So why do we fret? Why do we worry? We just need to jump into the work and get busy with Jesus Christ. Do the things that God has for us and the things he's called us to. Because one day when life is all over and you look back and say, man, the last 50 years has been so different than the first 22. And we look and we say, wow, I got to be the servant of the almighty God, the creator of all of heaven and earth. He used me as a Sunday school teacher. Oh, he used me as a bus worker. He used me to sing in the choir. Yes, yes, yes. He used me as a secretary. He used me to sing a special. He used me to play an, an instrument. Yes, right. He used me to be an usher. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what God has for you to do but he has something that only you can do. And he has that for you. 
And what I know and have learned from Onesimus is that never give up. God has got something spectacular and amazing for you. Not about money. It's not about things. It's about joy in your heart that the world can never, ever take away. Because I'm a servant of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What would you do on earth? I was a baker. Every morning I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I went to the baking shop and I made breads and donuts and cakes and set them out by 8 o'clock in the morning. And then uh, by 10 o'clock in the, afternoon, in the morning, I was all ready to go to bed because I'm exhausted. But I sold out all my cakes and donuts and pies and all of my, and I made money and then it was all gone and I had to start again the next day. What did you do on earth? Well, I was a uh, oh, graphic artist. You know what a graphic artist is? Somebody who has no talent at all that can sit down behind a computer and make pictures there. Stealing them from other places and putting... I know I've done that. Graphic artwork. I was a graphic artist. I worked real hard to get this print job done. Then once the print job was done, my job was done, and I had to start all over on something new again. What'd you do on earth? What'd you do? Oh, I was a coffee maker. A barista. And as soon as I made that coffee, somebody would spill it and I'd have to try it all over again. What did you do? I was a bus worker. And every week I'd go and knock on doors, invite little boys and girls to church. And I got to give out the gospel. And the children received Christ as Savior and came to church. And some of them became pastors. And some missionaries. Some Sunday school teachers some deacons, and their life is still producing while I'm still here in heaven. Because my life work continues as a servant of the king. And that's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. He wants your life to count for eternity. It's okay to do those other jobs. I've done them. I was a graphic artist before there was ever known to be graphic arting. To be artist of. I did graphic artwork. I put I, I put out newspapers. I put out magazines. I put out flyers. I put out a lot of things. I put most people out because I made them mad about something. I did that work. I know how frustrating it can become. I did management and businesses. I've owned my own business. I've owned my own business and I've gone out of business. I've had successful businesses. I've also been a pastor and a servant of the king. And above all the other things I've done, I would rather be his servant than anything here on this earth. So I want to encourage you, be an Onesimus. You got something you need to get square with somebody, get it square and move on. Go forward. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior today, then receive Christ as your savior. Let your past go in the, into the deepest of the deepest sea where no one can find it again as far as the east is from the west and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and let him change your life because he loves you and he gave his life just for you. 
I'm going to quit with this statement here. It's probably one of the biggest lies preachers tell, but I'm going to try to live by it. I'm even going to close my Bible. Did you know that if you were the only person ever to sin on this earth, that Jesus loved you so much and loves you so much that everything he went through, all the suffering, the beating, the crucifixion on the cross, the spitting at him, the big big uh, um, um, soldiers coming and buffeting him in the face, that means to punch him in the face. Right, right. I don't know about you, but soldiers aren't weak, kind of like me. If Brother DeVito punched me in the face, it may not hurt. But if Brother Ford punched me in the face, I don't even want to think about the pain I'd be in. Mr. Muscles. Why? It doesn't matter. He loves me. And if you're the only human being ever to sin, Jesus loved you personally by your name where you were born. He knows the parents you were born from. And he loves you so much that he died just for you. Jesus loves you. Father, thank you for what we've learned. Thank you for this simple truth. Thank you for the life of Onesimus being an example to us of what you could do for us in our lives. Now, Holy Spirit, if there's someone here today that does not know you as Savior, I ask that you would speak to their heart, convince and convict them of their need to be saved. I don't want them to go to hell. And the truth is, is they don't want to go to hell. And you died on the cross for them so they'd never, ever have to go to hell. So please do what must be done in their heart, in their life, that today they would receive you as Savior. There's many of us here today, Lord, that we want to do something. We just don't know what to do sometimes. And we let our back, uh, we let our, our past catch up with us and chase us around and defeat us and discourage us. Please, I ask that today would be the beginning of a new day in our lives. Where we let m- m- grace and mercy follow us all the days of our life. And that we would let go of that past and embrace the future you have laid out for you and step by step we will follow you rather than trying to make our own plans and make our own way now Lord you have your way during this invitation time please while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around how many say today Brother Marco if I die tonight